All right, it is time for that Davis show. We are back another week breaking down anything sports, maybe a little bit of the realm outside of sports, even sometimes social justice, but we have no social. Well, you know what? I do have social justice here, and it's going to be in the off-top uh, segment of the show. My name is Kenneth Davis. I'm your host. Follow me at That's Davis. You know my man to the white, right, I mean the left of me right now with the long hair. He cut his sides. But that right here is for charity, everyone. That is yeah. He's donating. All right. So guess what, Charity? Twelve inches coming right at you someday. Whoa, dude. Pause. <laughs> pause, man. What? Pause. That's the length that's gotta be to donate. <laughs> Come on. His name is Ryan Bukovesky. Follow him at Ryan B. Ski and Ryan B. Ski one on Instagram. Scott, I mean, I would say guys, but Ryan, let's go off top. Off top. I'm leading off. Oh, Tim Anderson? Of course. Well, I would have went, I would have picked up that, that slider, that breaking ball. Okay. Tim. That's, you know, Tim and that breaking ball, it's like, whoa, Tim, right? Like, they're hitting with the changeups lately. Oh, so you're going full Jose Abreu. Okay. Oh, now we oh, got yeah. it. All right. My first off top is the one, the only, uh, Mr. Stays putting his foot in his mouth, but still brings in top flight recruiting classes, Dabo Sweeney, head coach of the Clemson Tigers. Dabo recently came out and says that he doesn't believe in Black Lives Matter as a political party. So let me let me point that part out as a separation because to a certain degree, I'm more about Black Lives Matter as Black Lives Matter than being behind necessarily the organization. So I'm taking no swipe at him at that. But he went on to say that he's apolitical, but after saying he's, which means he doesn't participate in politics, everyone, if you don't know the definition of apolitical. He then went on to discuss how he's voted Democrat, Republican, Independent, and wrote in wrote in names, sign in ballots of people that wouldn't even matter because he didn't like either candidate. So also he just threw his vote away, which is his right by being an American citizen. But the fact he says he's apolitical and then tells us that he's voting just points out the hypocrisy of one, the only Dabo Sweeney. All right, and the throw on that he said he's been doing it since eighteen. I'm 18, yeah, since he was 18. Like, I've been voting since I was 18. I took it seriously. And also pointed out since he was down in Alabama that, you know, and how, you know, they don't change anything, right? Which is always, you never want to say that too much, especially to some of us. When I never liked, I never liked to upset the apple cart. And it's like, keep, keep them tilling. Keep them tilling and picking up that cotton, uh, right? You either run the rock or you till. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, but listen, a caller into his radio show mentioned that uh, he didn't like the fact that uh, players or anybody had anything that said Black Lives Matter because it's a hate group. It's hate against cops. And Dabo did go on to say, if you think it's hate against, if you think this hate against cops, that you're crazy, basically, too. Uh, my thing with Dabo is this. He still hasn't done a fool me a copa uh, in the way to me that Drew Brees did for what he said in the past and then what he said uh, before the summertime about not taking a knee and how he felt about it because his, his, both of his grandfather served in the Great War, which a lot of our family members have served in plenty of wars. I have several, to say the least, and have family members that are serving in the Army or the Armed Forces, I should say, right now. So it's not just uh, something that's uh, dabble. All of us, even people that want our rights to be enforced, have family members that have given up their lives, uh, given up their bodies to serve this, this nation of America. All right, but my thing is... Dabo still hasn't just come out and been like, you know what? My past thoughts all the way were, were incorrect, you know, and I can see the closed mindedness of what I was saying, you know, like he still wants to toe the line to make those people happy. And my only issue is 
yeah, you can toe that line, but the people, and this is my problem, that you should be trying to make happy are those recruits because those are the people that you're trying to draw in. But he doesn't really have to because since Clemson wins as often as they win, that, as they win people are still going to send their kids to him to try to get the, the best option to perhaps get to the NFL. So it's not going to really come to haunt him until people start really putting fire to him to make him have to agree with the thoughts of the people that he uses to boost his salary every few years after they get to or win a national championship. So that's my problem with Dabo Swinney. You make so much after the blood and sweats of black people, but you kind of understand what they're going through in America, but not fully understanding it and fully acknowledging it because you don't want to upset the good old boys. And to be honest with you, fuck the good old boys. That's my off top. That's the first one. Yeah. And hate. Go ahead, please. What are you about to say? Well, I like how you said toe in the line. Like, this dude, read his transcript, anybody that hasn't seen it. He's going just back and forth on everything. Like, oh, I don't agree with this. But at the same time, I'm definitely for everybody. But if you're against, and then just over and over, garbage, garbage, garbage. And like you said, man, just talk about, I hope his players feel disrespected right now with what he just said. I hope so. I hope so. I hope especially when that black quarterback after Trevor Lawrence leaves can really put like, you know what? I'm not going out there today, son. Right. Or like, oh, oh, oh. How about you put a sticker of BLM right on the Clemson paw on the side of the helmet and be like, take um, that, Dabo. Steam, steam out of his ears, top pop. All right? Totally. Steam, top pop for Mr. Independent Dabo Sweeney. I got to give him a little credit, though, too, because uh, usually he uses the Bible as his little scapegoat for everything, but he couldn't figure out a way to get the Bible into this one, so he switched it up. He used uh, some different excuses out here. He's like, you know what? I got to keep this fresh. I can't just keep blaming Jesus Christ on everything. (laughs) (laughs) Dang it! Uh, So listen, my next off top. Uh, Off top? It's time, of course, after the season, but it's time for Ricky Renteria, Rick Renteria, the White Sox manager, to escort his ass on because I'm tired of it. All right. And this goes back to the Carlos Rodon, uh, it, it, putting a Carlos Rodon in uh, a few days, but four or five days ago when he just came off, uh, what was just activated, him and uh, Aaron Bummer. Uh, and Rodon in a high-pressure um, situation as a relief pitcher. He's been a start. He hasn't been a relief pitcher since his, his rookie season. Uh, wet the bed, basically. So, that I mean, again, rookie has plenty of these, but I'm just talking about this last week. And then if you didn't see this White Sox game where you had Lucas Giolito in the first game of the Wild Card Series against the Oakland A's in Oakland, uh, pitcher Jim basically had a perfect game going in six, six and a quarter innings or something like that. Well, no, seven innings. Well, six and a quarter because he, I think that's when he got yeah. That's when he, he, uh, he had a, no, a perfect game through six. He's the fifth player in postseason yeah. history to do so. Right. So, uh, again, listen, it was fine with him leaving him in after he gave up that, that base hit. That, that was fine. But when, you, when they came back, uh, and it was seventh or the eighth, it was the seventh, when they came back in the seventh and uh, Lucas sat there and had that one man on base, then he got a second man on base and sat there and uh, um, Ricky Renteria came out to talk to him. Uh, Lucas told him, you know, everything's right. Just trust me. Listen, I understand what Lucas said. You shouldn't have because this is the playoffs. This isn't – and it, listen, you can't really do this. And I was, again, brought this up a lot in the post-game show on NBC Sports Chicago. 
this is a sprint, not a marathon with 60 games. This isn't a fill-out time, really, with 60 games. But I would be a lot more understanding, especially if this was early in those 60 games rather than the last month, and particularly the first game or any game in the effing playoffs. So he sat there, went and sat his ass down, all right? Then Lucas gives up the, gives up a run, basically. They got to pull him, right? So they finally pull him. Uh, but they get more hitters on them. the hitters. I mean, the Oakland A's and the whole the whole situation was this: you had them, all right. Once once Lucas put the first guy on base, pull Lucas because one saved Lucas. I know that you could look at the he didn't throw a hundred pitches at that time or whatever, but still you have to remember these are high any leverage inning pitches that he's throwing. Like these are playoff. This is playoff innings. This ratcheted up more. That's not that's not a regular uh, inning that he's throwing right there. It's it's it's, it's more intensity. You know what I'm saying? So it's time to pull him. The perfect listen. I would have left him in for the, especially since he wasn't given, he didn't have that many pitches. I would have left him in for the whole game if he threw a perfect game. And I would have, as a Sox fan, been understanding in leaving your ace or number two starter, depending on how you look at Dallas Keiko. I would have been fine with leaving him in just to go for that because he hadn't given, he hadn't thrown that many pitches. Now, had he had been at a hundred pitches in the seventh or close to it, I'd be like, you got to pull that ass out, right? But he hadn't. He was he was pitching the gym. It was listen. It was, I was worried. I think we all knew the odds of him getting the perfect game were slim. You know what I'm saying? Like, they were slim, but it was like, whoa, right? Like, oh, my goodness. I remember thinking, like, oh, man, he got this no-no. They kept thinking in the first inning. I was like, wait, he hasn't walked anybody. This is a no-no. This is a perfect effing game, right? And um, I'm just tired of Ricky Renteria. The guys on the uh, text line was like, give him another chance. Yeah. Right? And it's like, listen, had, had the floodgates opened up after that, everyone would have lost their mind. My point was – I don't want to try to open up the floodgates. Like, that's like you, Ryan, and you're over there by the floodgates messing with the handle. handle. Right? Like, why? Just leave the floodgates closed. There's no reason for you to be tinkering with the damn floodgate handle. But it's fun. Come on. Check it out. (laughs) (laughs) No. Let it it be. Right? Like, so to see him come out there and leave Lucas Lucas Giolito in, it just didn't make sense. That's just that's just the honest guy truth. This isn't being a, a backseat driver. I'm just stating facts. Once he the, the the perfect game was gone, and listen, you sat there, you brought him back out, cool. But once he put that man on base, you pulled that ass out for his own good. I mean, Lucas, I know you want to stay, but guess what? Give me that ball. You know what I'm saying? Like, give me that ball. You know what? We don't know what Houston or uh, the Twins are going to be like in the next round. So you know, what? let me let me get that ball because I may need you to go deep. Into the, right. listen, it may get to – I may need you to come out of the bullpen for a game after you started uh, You started three days ago. So, you know what? I need all those bullets in that gun. So, give it up. Perfect game's gone. Give it up. That's it. That's all I'm asking for. Common sense. But don't sit there and almost blow it to the Oakland, Oakland Athletics who you knocked out their ace. Things are groovy. You almost do. And I know four and one doesn't seem like they almost gave it up. They almost gave that up. We're talking about a White Sox team that's been losing. All right, eight of their last nine, and like what, uh, twelve of their last, like thirteen or fourteen or something. They've been losing horribly. All right, now Lewis Robert has woken up the last regular season game and this game, and looks a little bit better. Eloy is out, and I know you know saying uh, Jessica Mendez was talking about or Mendoza. Is it Mendoza or Mendez? Let me Mendoza. It. Mendoza. Okay, Mendoza. But we're sitting there talking about, you know, look at this team without uh, Eloy. And, um, of course, they can do – they can hit bombs without Eloy. But you don't want to be out here without Eloy. So, uh, again, stop playing. Like, look, let's let's not take this – let's take this as seriously as what it, what it is, is, I guess is what I'm trying to say. 
And that's my last off the top. Yeah, you know, what was kind of interesting to me in that game, because I'm with you, like, you get six perfect innings. Don't worry, like, you have to be cute in the regular season and give the guy a perfect game. Like, you got Crochet, Bummer, Colome. Let those dudes do what they do, and that is close out innings and high leverage situations. You got your seventh, eighth, and ninth guy right there, and you could just really mix it up. And the other fear always sometimes when you leave a guy in, it's always that third appearance, and that's when they were starting to hit him a little bit better. They were getting an idea, especially, hey, you've only played your uh, geographic division. Like, no one's gone west, no one's gone east. So these two facing each other, you know, the A's don't know what the White Sox are like. They didn't play him at all this year. Mm-hmm. And so you don't want to give them any kind of opportunities where they see a guy for the third time, he starts hitting them, get him out immediately, and put in those guys that kill it, like I just said, in uh, Bummer, Calumet, and Crochet, and let them finish that thing. Now, my only pushback would be this, that with Giolito, because I thought the same thing with what you were saying, but he, his pitch count was so low, I thought it was fine to leave him in there and go for the perfect game. If his pitch game was, was – was, was, if he had a lot of pitches, if he had pitched, thrown a lot of pitches, I would have been like, no, he forget that perfect game. But there's another thing. We don't know who's going to that third game, and chances are you're going to need that bullpen to go deep. So I was fine with, like, you know what? Because we don't know what with Kaiku. Kaiku may only go five tomorrow. You know, so you may need to bullpen then and for the third game. So it was cool if Gio was going to eat up a couple innings because his pitch count was so low. So that was fine. But once he had once he had a man on base, you could have pulled him out. You brought him back for the next inning, all right? Once he got two guys on base, it was time to go, all right? Like, you don't. Listen, this is the playoffs. Don't play with any of these teams. Right. The 16 teams have gotten in this year, but don't play with none of them because basically everyone's been 500 or, you know, slightly above 500, even though there's some some teams under in there. But everyone's been average or slightly above average. Don't tinker around with anybody, man. The parity has been excellent this year if you enjoy parity like the NFL NFL for the MLB outside of uh, the Dodgers, basically. And some parts of that year, of this past year, San Diego, and even, you can say, slightly the Sox until this last month. All right, but outside of that, and the Cubs at the beginning of the season when they just took off at the beginning of the year. But outside of that, it's been a lot of parity. So don't play around with the Oakland A's. And then again, I don't know if a lot of people remember this, and I know that they don't have – Motor Hudson and Zito. White Sox don't have a good history against the Oakland A's. All right? Especially in Oakland. Yeah, they have a very bad Oakland A's history. And again, I know that's ancient, but don't play with Billy Bean's team, all right, and Bob Melvin. Keep, keep them sleepity, 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 sleep, all right? It's bad enough. Right. To see, I got to see Trevor Simeon, who last year was, was in the MVP race, and we looked at it as like, hey, get his ass, just trade his ass away. <laughs> Like the damn money ball. You don't need Marcus Simeon. Money ball, how do you find them, right? Like, hmm, I think that guy can be an MVP. We over here like, (laughs) (laughs) By the way, who, uh, you know, God forbid the Sox lose the second game, but who would pitch game three for the White Sox? I don't know if it's Cesar Dunning. Um, I I mean, Dunning really. Who would you trust more? I want to say Dunning, but Cease has more – he has more experience. And Dunning really hasn't looked right his last two outings, but he has such good stuff. Like, I know one of them he won, and he didn't look right, but he he, he had like seven strikeouts on, on that game or whatever. And he, he was pitching glove side out. Like, he was, he was missing glove side the whole game. 
right? He, he was sitting there trying to hit the edge, and he was missing, missing, missing. Uh, so I want to – like, if you asked me this two weeks ago, it would have been Dunning. You know what I'm saying? And, and I mean, because Dunning's had a better – I think Dunning's had a better season, even though he's only had, like, three or four starts. I think it's maybe just three. But uh, he's had a better season than these. I mean, the Cease, I want to say. But I think you may have to go with Cease. I could be wrong. And I, I wouldn't put that on Ricky, all right, uh, depending on which way it goes. I won't blame him for that one, but I'll blame him on how long he leaves whatever, which one of them in if things start looking bad. By the way, how about uh, Aaron Judge coming in and getting a two-run shot off Shane Bieber in the opening inning? <laughs> Go figure there, right? <laughs> and listen, and I wanted some of that Yankee smoke, so let you know. I wanted, I was like, you know what? I want, I want, to, I want to face the Indians. I want to face that Yankee smoke, the Cleveland baseball team. Let me say that. I want that Yankee smoke. I'm good. <laughs> let me ask you this. Sticking with the Sox, um, I kind of want to go Astros instead of Minnesota, even though the Astros are probably the more dangerous team. But it's usually dangerous to the Sox. Well, it, it definitely helps. No Justin Verlander. Like, just seeing Zach Greinke as the ace was like, that doesn't look right when you're talking about playoff rotation. I mean, he's still a really good pitcher, but, yeah, those – like, the Twins have lost 17 straight postseason games. I didn't even know that's possible. <laughs> so, I don't even know. I don't even think if you wanted the Twins the in the second about, round, listen, they I think can't. The, I think the Yankees have about eight, six to eight of those. Uh, those oh, my gosh. Yeah. Right, I like, go into New York and lose. <laughs> right, just get swept. <laughs> Jack, Jack's out of here. Like, happened last year. <laughs> right. Yeah, I think the Yankees. Listen, they may have more than that. Like the, I, know, I know they ran – Against the Yankees, at least two out of two or three out of those those series that they just got their ass handed to them. Like, just just straight sweeps. Not even like oh, stole a game. Yeah, yeah. Now we go just, to game four. No, no, we're done after sit, three. They sit atop in the big four sports. <laughs> I didn't even know the Blackhawks were in that until they was like from what seventy five to seventy nine. They had lost like sixteen straight playoff games or whatever. Oh, man. But that's like when, when Makita and them were all old and, you know what I'm saying? So it was like, right. Or done, rather. Uh, so, yeah, that one. Yeah. Is, is it because Nelson Cruz is too old that they can't get past the 17th straight? I'd rather have him than Edwin and Carnacion right now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, at least Ricky. We'll give him credit there. He didn't put Edwin in the game. I'm surprised he'll be there tomorrow. <laughs> Don't even worry. He'll be in there tomorrow. We need that bat. That in, in a, enable bat. We right. got to get him in there. Listen, all the times they didn't play Eagle this year where it was clear that you should have him outside of Mazzara, like, it's better to have a better defender with speed. Like, that's the thing, too. Wouldn't it make more sense if basically, yeah, okay, you got Nick Magical, who's a slappy hitter, right, who I, I, I nicknamed Worry because he always has a worried look on his face. And then you have uh, Engel, and you sat there, and neither one of them are particularly easy outs. Why not play them? Because, one, you're adding more speed to the damn lineup. Everyone does not have to be a bomber to be in the lineup. We need guys to get on base for the bombers also. And you also need good defense in, in, in general. So, like, Especially in the playoffs. Yeah, so, like, dude, like, Mazzara can relax. All right? Let Adam Engel do his dizzle. I definitely would – listen, I will say this, that uh, uh, Murray Garcia, I think there was a, a, a catch in left or two that he caught that I don't think Aloy uh, Jimenez would have caught. 
I will say that. I do think there were two. So I was happy he was out there, but I would like to see Eloy back in the lineup. Uh, perhaps he's going to have to do a little DHing. You know what I'm saying? If that foot gets a little bit better, you know what I'm saying? If he can sit there and, and go around three times or whatnot. But uh, it'll be good. Listen, if, if it'll be good if they win tomorrow and they can rest Eloy. And hopefully uh, Minnesota breaks that streak so that yeah. that can go to the uh, three games and get the Sox at least a little bit more time to rest Eloy and all their players before entering the next series against either the Twins or the Houston Astros, also known as the Cheetahs. <laughs> you hear that? You sound like trash dance back and back. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> you know, I couldn't help. This is a meatball Cub fan moment that I had today watching mm-hmm. the Sox game when they show Keiko. And I was like, ugh, this asswipe. I remember <laughs> I remember when he was like, oh, we Astros are going to have a hangover after our World Series. I remember that. I don't know yeah, about was, those Cubs. That was oh, fun. wait, that was we fun. cheated to get there. I forgot. I think first and foremost, um, I think apologies should be, you know, in order for, for if not everybody on the team. And That's how you prevent hangovers. <laughs> like, baby, what are we going to do? We're going to cheat. Yeah. Uh, Let's use that trash can. No wonder he felt confident about your two. It's like, well, we're cheating at a major league level right now. There's no way we're going to go <laughs> back into the scum. Oh, some of the greatest cheaters ever. All right. We're going to come back on the other side of this break and uh, delve into a little bit of uh, football. Are we going to do baseball too, Ryan? Yeah, let's preview Cubs. Let's do a little more Sox. Right. And then uh, preview the Bears. All right. Ryan told you what's going on. I'll be right back. That Davis show. <laughs> 